Welcome to Prime of Our Lives, a podcast about navigating pop culture and the Korean wave in our 30s. I'm Polly Kwok. And I'm Katie Logan. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good, Polly. How are you? I'm good. The sun is shining again, which is a record two days in a row. Spring is coming. It is. And as my husband says, we just went for a walk. We were walking nature's stairmaster. (laughs) What is that? Also known as hills. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. It's, yeah, my legs are done for. But at least I went outside. That's Mm. an achievement nowadays. Yeah. I can't believe two months are over. I mean... I feel like we were just talking about the beginning of February, like it was, you know, I still remember we were saying that for the month of February, for a calendar, it's like a perfect rectangle. Yeah. And now it's, that rectangle is over. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Let me pull out my bullet journal and I can quickly look and see if we have any other rectangular months coming up. I hope so. Because I think, I don't know about you, but in recent recent days, I've been thinking like, because you know how your phone, I don't know about you, on Google reminds me of when, like what happened last year or the, two years ago or whatever. Yeah. And it it's beginning to show like what happened last year. And it's like nothing. Like I'm taking pictures <laughs> of like, I don't know, receipts and whatnot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It used to be like, oh, remember when we went to that restaurant? And it was, like, really nice. It's now, like, oh, remember I took a picture of this receipt to make sure I didn't lose it? Yeah. From online shopping or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I'm getting this feeling where I feel like we lost a year. We lost the more. summer, as TXT would say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. So any any more rectangular no. months? Nope. This was it. Ugh. Well, it was good while it lasted. My <laughs> calendar looked good for a month. Um, I have some uh, feedback from our Variety Show episode. Oh, fun. Okay, cool. From our listeners. Yeah, we have listener feedback. So okay, I got us. an email from a listener in the U.S. who said um, that Variety Shows in the U.S. were big in the 70s and 80s. And some examples of popular variety shows in the U.S. at the time are Hee Haw, Sonny and Cher, The Carol Burnett Show, and Barbara Mandrell. Right. And there was another one called Flip Wilson. And these were all popular variety shows in the 70s and 80s in the U.S. Interesting. And what made them go out of fashion? I don't know. You know, trends come and go. Maybe they're they're coming back in now. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I do remember seeing, well, only because every time people talk about Cher, they kind of show, uh, show old footage of, like, Sonny and Cher. Yeah. But, yeah. Cool. Did they, did the listener check out any of our variety show recommendations? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, listener, for keeping us on our toes. Yeah. And making sure we're factually correct. Um, yeah. And sharing some knowledge. Yeah. Always fun. 
always fun. Um, okay, so Katie, what are we talking about today? So today, as we mentioned on our last episode, there's a lot of news from the world of K-pop and just in general. So today we're just kind of doing a general chat and catch up. Yes. Okay. So we are starting with our good old, what is in its prime for you right now, Katie Logan? Oh, well, speaking of listener feedback, we had a recommendation from a listener that we watch a show called Itaewon Class. Yes. And we are going to do a full episode on that show, so I'm not going to talk about that. But what it's done is it's set me on a spiral, and I want to watch everything that the main actor is in. (laughs) Yes! So I am watching a show from 2015 called She Was Pretty. I love that one. Yeah, I'm I'm obsessed. It's so good. It's like one of the most underrated K-drama series cuz I was on a hunt after watching Crash Landing for like good rom-com ones. Yeah. And this one very rarely makes the list and when it does, everyone says like it's very underrated but it's good. Yeah. It's um it gives me like Devil Wears Prada vibes. Yes. And it's cute because it's like, I mean, she's a quote unquote ugly duckling, but it's not, sometimes that they do those kind of tropes in a way that kind of makes you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> if you're like, she's calling herself ugly, like then what am I? Yeah. Um, but I feel like they do a pretty good job in this show of showing that she just has low self-esteem, really. And, like, other people are like, no, like, you're really pretty. What are you talking about? You know? Yeah. And, and I think the self-esteem issues, or I guess the issues around looks, is not just, it doesn't just affect her character either. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, yeah. it's not like fat phobia. Like, that kind of stuff really bothers me. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she is, she does say she's not attractive because she has frizzy hair and, like, red cheeks. And I feel like that is, like, a direct attack on me. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, it a lot, this one. And and it's got the um, C1 from Super Junior. Is he the second he's, lead? Yeah. I've, I've been wondering who that is because he's super charming. Yeah, he's um he's the visual of Super Junior. Cute. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, I'm so glad you found it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I wish I could watch it again. Ah. <sighs> so I've been watching that one, and then I also my other recommendation is Julie and the Phantoms. Okay, I didn't. I haven't had a chance to search it on Netflix since you recommended it. What yeah. is it? This is a treasure of a show. Um, so this is like, it's like a Disney Channel movie. Like, that's the vibe. It's for, right. like, middle schoolers. So it's very gentle. Right. Um, but the premise is this girl named Julie, her mom was a musician, and she used to sing a lot with her mom, and then her mom has passed away. And one day, she goes in, she's finally going to clean out her mom's studio, and suddenly these four boys appear, And it turns out they are members of a boy band who died in a freak accident 20 years ago. And they used to practice in her mom's old studio. Um, And they can only appear if they are singing with Julie. 
No. Yeah. Whoa. I'm, I'd be into that. It is precious. Yeah, it sounds precious. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It kind of gives, even just the description is giving me a little bit of Camp Rock vibes. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like there would be emotion moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's by the creator of High School Musical. So there are some very similar things to High School Musical. Um, right. And some, you know, cheesy musical numbers and stuff. But it's just, it's a treasure of a show and it's a quick watch. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I need, I need, I mean, to balance my series of shows with subtitles, I also need shows I can watch without subtitles. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So that's is the there update. Anybody notable in that movie or series? I don't think any of the people were famous prior to this, unless they're like Gen X or Gen Z famous. Right. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know Gen Z famous people as much as I'd like to be a Gen Z poser. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my skinny jeans on. Yeah, exactly. So, what is in its prime for you, Polly? Um, I've actually been listening to a lot of Shiny, um, their recent album. I actually quite like it because it doesn't sound like, I think we, in our last episode, if you haven't listened to it, check it out when we talk about Shiny. Um, I've been watching, I mean, yeah, it's a one class, really. But I'm really into NCT 127 at the moment. Um, this is my poser Gen Z self that is coming out. I feel like maybe I've like got a split personality and I'm like actually really want to be Gen Z and I, subconsciously and I'm just fighting it. Yeah. I feel like um, the NCT was kind of... Um... So NCT is the band where there are a lot, a lot of members, right? Yeah. And so we both kind of had this like mental block where it's like, there's just too many people in that band. Yeah. Um, I think I, I blame Super M for getting me really into SM groups mm -hmm. um, because I kind of just follow members from that. But I at least with NCT 127, I finally figured out why they're called 127. Why is it? It's because it's the longitude of soul. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which, yeah, apparently I was watching an interview with them and they're like, they get asked that a lot. Like, yeah. even though they've been debuted for a while now, everyone still asks why they're called 127. I legitimately and why kind all of these thought there were 127 members. <laughs> I think officially, I could be wrong, and I'm sure a listener will correct me. I think overall, the NCT collective, I think there's 22. Okay. But every group subunit is like a mix of different members. And some members are in almost all the subunits. Taeyong. Yeah. Taeyong is quite in almost all of them. Win-Win is also in all of them. Mark, he's like kind of the NCT rapper, so he's in quite a lot of them too. Mm. And my fave, Jaehyun, is also in a few. Anyway, yeah, so there's NCT 127. Um, yeah, I think their music is really, like, for me, it's like hype music. 
I was yeah. just talking to someone and I think right now I'm in a hype music phase just to like, I don't know, get through emails or whatever. So I feel like this is the kind of music for me. The other thing I wanted to recommend, uh, it's a bit sad that it's no, I mean, it's kind of discontinued, but it's Terrace House. Yeah. It's, um, for those who don't know, it's a Japanese reality show series with um, a comedian panel that comments on the show as you're watching it and kind of like I mean, a variety show it kind of it's like a variety reality show yeah um yeah so my husband and I both really like it and it's another show that I find there's lots of it's so healing like I just watch it and I'm like oh and it's also really interesting obviously because it's a reality show to kind of look at the commentators and kind of the psychology behind relationships and why people like certain people and why people like really want to call out other people mm. um but yeah it's really good if you it, there's so many episodes like i think for one of the seasons it spanned almost two years so they celebrated christmas twice on the show wow because there's so many episodes in it and the cast completely changes so the premise is six people three guys three girls move into a house mm. and they live together and these are their stories kind of thing and they can leave the house to work go to school meet their friends come back to the house to live so they're not trapped and so every time like people decide when they want to leave so they're not they're not kicked out or voted off but when they leave the cast almost entirely changes. So the beginning of one season, you have like six people you kind of get to know. And then towards kind of certain points in the show, it's like a different show. Because mm -hmm. it's completely six different people with different stories and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's sad it's discontinued, but it's, it's a worthwhile watch. Another subtitled series um, from Japan, not Korea this time, but yeah it's really interesting so yeah nct127 and terrace house for me love it but i'm also watching itaewon class so we'll get to our itaewon episode soon enough mm. nice something to look forward to for our listeners yes <laughs> so another big item that happened this week that we should talk about um is bts on mtv unplugged yes that's true um, have you listened to previous MTV Unplugs before? Um, I feel like I've listened mostly like to certain albums of bands on MTV Unplugged. Right. So, like, I think I've listened to Bleachers, Jack Antonoff's band. Is, I mean, I used to listen to or watch and listen to MTV stuff a lot more back when I was in Canada. Not so much now that I'm in the UK. Is it is MTV Unplugged a bit like Radio One Live Lounge? No, so like in non-COVID times, MTV Unplugged is like the band with acoustic instruments on a stage surrounded by a small audience. Right. So it's almost like more like tiny desk concerts. Uh okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously BTS had to do like a pre-recorded version of this there because there's not going to be like a small crowded audience yeah um yeah so what did you think Polly 
I mean, I think because BTS has kind of finished their uh, new album, B Promotions, I think that it was a bit of a content desert for a while. Yeah. And there was a lot of hype for this MTV Unplugged. Mm -hmm. So I was quite excited. I, I totally buy into the marketing hype, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> like with the shiny comeback, I'm like, oh, it's a comeback. And it's like, I'm not even a shiny stan, but I'm into it. <laughs> Um, so I thought the teasers were very strategic and it marketed well to me. Yeah. Um, but I thought there would, this is, this comes back. I mean, maybe I've just really high expectations given BTS and how mm. they've been. I thought there would be more songs. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you and I've chatted about this outside of the pod, but I think I thought it would be more live. Yeah. Um, but with all that said, I mean, I'm more than happy to see a telepathy performance. Um, and I'm more than happy to see Fix You performance. Yeah. Um, which is different. I think this is the other part is because BTS has so many um, media channels and activity and promo that they do. They tend to, like, I can name the songs every time they perform, which ones they're going to do. Yeah. And I think it's always nice when they do some other songs that you don't expect. And I was wondering what they were and I wasn't, yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I completely agree with everything you've said. Like, definitely happy to see a few of the B-side songs from B. <laughs> so we got <laughs> a Blue and Grey performance. We got yep. uh, Telepathy. Telepathy was my favorite song from B. It's the theme of February in my bullet journal. It's I love that song. <laughs> Um, so yeah, super happy we got to see a performance of that, but like, I do wish they had stuck to the MTV Unplugged vibe more. Um, like I did, I really enjoyed their performance of Life Goes On, like seated, sitting down in front of a live band, yeah, performing it. Like I kind of would have been happy if they had just sat down and sang more songs. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like the Tiny Desk concert, which was by far my favorite of their yeah. Dynamite promotion. Yeah. 100%. Because their Save Me acoustic was really fun. Yeah. And I just was hoping, like, even Blue and Grey, which acoustic. is a slower song and acoustic, they didn't do it acoustic. And I feel like it doesn't actually do the song justice yeah. by not performing it in an acoustic way for a show that's meant to be more acoustic. Yeah, and Fix You could have been acoustic too. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're I'm... not a band, right? So yeah. the Fix You like instrumental bit makes sense if you're Coldplay because you're playing the instruments. Yeah. But for them, they were just sat there while the instrument instrumental bit happened. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I love BTS and... I am grateful to whatever content they give us. And I think it was a great show. Like, they always put on a great show. Yeah. But I... Maybe I'm just greedy. I would just, like, sit down <laughs> and sing me <laughs> the entire B album. <laughs> Start to finish. Just sing it all, you know? Like, yeah. honestly, we're not going to get a tour. They're not going to be able to tour this album. They're going to release another album before they tour it. Yeah. And... So yeah, sit down and sing me the whole album, guys. I'm selfish. I, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think they should do, I know, I don't know if you've seen it, but they did an Armypedia where they kind of did more acoustic, they did a more acoustic version of No More Dream, for example. Okay. And I feel like we, if we had, I would pay to see them, as you say, do a like live, more acoustic session of the whole album. Yeah. And like chat and whatever. Yeah. Like, I think that would be really cool. Like, does this mean we're never going to see them sing Disease? Are we never going to see them sing Stay? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because I think there's, obviously, they're also known for being great dancers. And I don't know if, like, there's no hard-hitting dance song, Mm-mm. per se. And Stay was a subunit song, too. Yeah. So they don't usually perform like subunit songs as a group, like as the full group. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm conflicted. I mean, I, as you say, maybe we're just greedy. Like, I think BTS themselves set expectations so high that my expectations now are even higher. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I truly believe they can do anything. So, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want them to always match the vision in my head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's obviously more content to come, like Jungkook's mixtape and V's mixtape. Yeah, it um, seems like V's it sounds is like there closer. might be Yeah, it sounds like there might be a Hope World 3. Um and maybe more tracks. I think it sounds like they're going to do a bit of solo stuff. Okay. But as you say, there would definitely be another um comeback before they tour again. Yeah. When, I mean, when they tour again. They're going to want to release an album that they can, like, dance to and put on a show to. Yeah. They need, like, a high-impact song. Yeah. To open the concert with. It's, like, <laughs> the reason why Taylor Swift is releasing Folklore and Evermore right now is because these aren't, like, stadium songs. These are, like, chill songs, you know? Although I'd love to do go to a Taylor Swift intimate, like, lounge vibe version um, can i just concert. take a moment and plug my other favorite band in the whole world the 1975 before they when they released their second album which i think it's the anniversary of that album's release um when they released that album they actually did two tours and the first tour was kind of like a pre-tour and they literally promoted it and they were like guys this album is going to be really successful. We're about to be super huge, and we want one more time to tour smaller venues. Oh. So they did, like, a small venue tour, and then they did another tour that was, like, an arena tour. Nice. And I did obviously you see them both? To, to both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just thought yeah. that was so cool, like... Yeah, the appreciation for the small venue and, like, the vibe of being able to get so mm. close to your fans and being like, we're about to get big, so one more time, we want to be close to you. Yeah. And, yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. Like, having been, yeah, I used to go to quite a lot of, like, smaller venue concerts. As you say, this is always before they become really big. Mm. And it's just, like, a especially for a specific genre, like, I was really into, I guess, what would you call it, folk pop? Like that more acoustic-y sound. Yeah. Like that is a perfect small... Like you can watch it at a... Like Bonnie Iver. You can see him in a giant venue. But I don't know. For me, I quite like, yeah, the intimate like dark room. And they're like within reach. Yeah. But not like next to you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, so overall, I think if you haven't seen any BTS content or if you starting to like them because you've heard me and Katie talk about it so much, <laughs> um, I'd probably check out MTV Unplugged, especially if you're a fan of Fix You. I think the Fix You cover was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think apparently Coldplay just doesn't let, you know, the average band do their cover. Oh, interesting. Because even in um, Crazy Rich Asians, they did a Chinese cover of um, Yellow. Oh. And the director had to write, to because when they first requested Col the song, like to do a cover, a Chinese cover, Coldplay said no. And then the director um, wrote a letter to them explaining why they wanted it and why it was so important and stuff like, like that. And then oh. they agreed. Wow. So that's why I ended up in the soundtrack. Well, I didn't soundtrack. know it was that um, hard to get a Coldplay song. Hmm. Yeah, I think also because I guess for Crazy Rich Asians, like the song is called Yellow. Yeah. And they didn't, I think there was obviously the race element to that. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, they created, yeah, Chinese lyrics for it and it was really good. So another cool song to listen to. Yeah. I guess on that, we could possibly mention there's been like a racist incident this week with a radio station in Germany um, making some comments about BTS's MTV Unplugged performance and compared BTS to COVID and said some other like kind of disgusting things about BTS. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously this is in the wake of a lot of um, a lot of like publicity or maybe not awareness raising going on out of the United States right now around hate crimes against Asian Americans after you know four years of Donald Trump being openly racist about Asians and COVID um, so yeah I would hope listeners of our podcast already knew this about us but obviously like racism is bullshit and all of these comments about BTS and about comparing people to COVID and yeah, everything that's going on in the US um, is really out of line. Yeah. It's just completely inappropriate yeah. to even associate, not even BTS, but like anybody with COVID. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I just, it's not very, yeah, it's just inappropriate on so many levels. Yeah. And I think, as I think some of the comments were like, you don't have to be a BTS fan. Yeah. You know? But you don't also have to, you don't have to say such, you know, inappropriate things about them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, some of the news stories I've been reading is very scary. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking to my family about it a little bit in the U.S. And I think a lot of people wanted to believe that everything would be fine once Donald Trump left office. But, like, mm. I think there's this is like there's very real repercussions to the leader of your country for a whole year referring to something as the China virus like in public in front of everyone for years like yeah. that just emboldens people to behave in ways that like they wouldn't if they weren't given like very obvious public approval from the leader of the country so, yeah. yeah, there's work to be done to dismantle 
a lot of the, like the rhetoric and precedent that Donald Trump has set up in America, I think. And yeah, solidarity and support to people who are doing that work in the U.S. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And all over the world, obviously, like this incident happened in Germany. So. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Um, speaking of scandalous things happening yeah. in parts of the world, um, I mean, I think probably you and I are the most, <laughs> has been exposed to it the most. I don't think any of our listeners will be aware. Um, there's been a lot of bullying scandals yeah. to our beloved K-pop idols. Yeah. And I thought like the timing on this was so weird because obviously you and I have been watching a lot of K-dramas lately. I feel like maybe even more than usual. I don't know. I'm unemployed, so I'm just like watching a lot of K-dramas. And something that's been recurring in a lot of the K-dramas that we've been watching lately is this horrific bullying that happens in schools. Yeah, and on screen. Yeah, and we've literally been texting, being like, is this real? <laughs> like, is this an accurate depiction of how bad bullying is in Korea? Because it's brutal. Yeah, because I think, you know growing i'm not you know i'm not saying there's not brutal bullying happening in north america or where i grew up but like the kind of when i hear the word bullying i like think of you know name calling maybe some physical bullying like shoving people mm -hmm. and that kind of thing but when you're watching some of these k dramas whether they reflect real life or not i don't i don't know but it's be like it's levels beyond that it's, it's like, like humiliation like yeah it's like making someone your slave yeah. and treating them like like a non-human yeah 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 and it's yeah it's horrific yeah it's hard to watch really hard to watch i think the yeah. worst the worst show the worst depiction i've seen is in save me um that was incredibly hard to watch um but yeah there's there's, it's all, it's in like every drama, almost every drama, there's um, at least a few scenes of like, of brutal school bullying. And, you know, from some of the news, some of the conversations that I've seen happening this week, it does seem like, you know, Korea has one of the highest, if not the highest rate of suicide in the world. And suicide in young people is an issue. And there's a lot of belief that bullying is a, is a big contributor to that statistic so it does yeah. seem like um there is a problem around bullying in korea in schools and um it is like a hot topic or a hot button social issue that people care a lot about mm. and yeah so this week kind of in the midst of me and polly having these conversations about bullying and k-dramas all of a sudden in one day it's it felt like there were like 12 or 14 or something allegations of school bullying against Korean celebrities. Yeah. I mean, I was watching a YouTube video um, about this and they're saying maybe it's linked to Naver, which is, I guess, a bit like Google in Korea, um, ending its search, search word ranking on the 25th of Feb, which mm -hmm. was this week. And that, I guess, I think people were saying that maybe that's reason why so many people are coming forward 
because using that surge search ranking what people are searching about people like celebrities bullying and stuff would now like would previously have come up as part of the search ranking whereas now once that function has ended then it won't give people it will just promote what you want it to see rather than what people are searching and interested in Mm. yeah so people were trying to get all these like all this news in before that change happened so it wouldn't get lost on the results page yeah which is yeah I mean not yeah I think it's I mean this is also a reflection on like how intense um, I mean, how intense bullying might be in South Korea, but also how intense like K-pop fandoms are in yeah. South Korea. Yeah, and maybe so... not just South Korea. Like, I'm sure there might be K-pop fans in other countries who are just as kind of feel just as impacted by it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I mean my thoughts on this. <laughs> I mean, I like what right do I really have to have an opinion on this? I don't know. But I feel weird about it. I feel weird about these allegations because a lot of it goes back to behavior that these celebrities exhibited when they were young teenagers. So in middle school or in early high school, um, keeping in mind that most of these like idols and celebrities debut or you know, make their first public appearance at age 16, 17 when they're quite young. Yeah. So these, this happened before then. And so they were quite young when this bullying happened. And, you know, if it is as bad, even if it isn't as bad as what is depicted in K-dramas, like, obviously it's a bad thing to do. And I completely understand, like, a victim finally, you know, having the courage to speak out about it and wanting an apology. Um, but when it's done in this way, it almost feels like bullying all over again to try to take down a celebrity by like these public accusations. And I think, I guess my, my thing on it, and I could be totally wrong on this and like yell at me if, if you want, but like, we're not talking like the Me Too movement where it was like grown men doing horrible things these are children so these are allegations about someone doing something as a child yeah and if bullying is such a problem then it's the fault of adults in the room yeah like you can ask for an apology like you can a lot of the celebrities who have been called out you know have said you know I've changed I was I behaved badly like da 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 like that's human that's normal but like to achieve systemic change, if bullying is such an issue, you're not going to achieve that by, like, redoing the cycle and, like, re-bullying people publicly. Like, you have to make systemic change to address the actual issue, and that requires adults and, like, policies and, you know, making changes to the way schools are set up and, like, cultural change, I guess, around bullying as an issue and I don't think these kinds of like public accusations are gonna accomplish that yeah I mean this is only for like the famouses right yeah so if you if you bullied someone at school um when you were younger and you're not a famous you're not gonna get called out 
Yeah. Because there's no, like, yeah, I think th there is an, it's this the added layer of like, what, what are we trying to achieve here? Yeah. Right? Are we trying to make people who were acted as a teenager, a young teenager in a bad way to pay for their crimes, I guess? Yeah. By shouting them out and kind of calling them out and making them publicly apologize. Yeah. What does that, what does that achieve even for, I guess the other thing is looking at it from a victim's perspective, I could see why seeing someone who bullied you in a horrible way, if it was a horrible way, become famous and being adored by all these people mm. and no one realizing how horrible they were. Yeah if they were horrible, like I could see that being really conflicting and terrible. Like I think yeah. some of the comments were like, I can't even listen to their music or look at them because it's, yeah, it's, it was so traumatic. Yeah. But I think whatever the solution is, surely it's not revenge. Yeah. And I think I'm not saying that people, you know, are these victims are asking for revenge, but it's just the way that K-pop fandom and how the use of the press, it just makes it feel <laughs> like revenge yeah in like the most public way yeah and is that the right way like actually I don't know but maybe it's better if it was a personal apology yeah direct to you rather than having someone who may have been a bully feeling pressured because their career is on the line to have to apologize how yeah. do you even know if you were yeah how do you even know if they're genuinely doing it yeah. because they're actually regretful or are they doing it because they feel so pressured to because they can't proceed with their career without apologizing yeah. and I mean there's also this whole other layer we've talked about like the pressure and even like even suicide among k-pop idols um and I just feel like we mentioned Taeyong before who's a member of NCT and a few years ago he was um part of a bullying scandal scandal was called out and he made a public apology and so, like watching these public apologies is hard to watch because I it, it's all it almost is like it's like a public humiliation almost to have mm. to make these sorts of statements and it just feels like you're like you're watching someone be traumatized in front of you mm. as they're yeah. doing this and it's it's really hard to watch and I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure that is like a restorative approach to resolving bullying. Yeah, I Oof. think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting as you and I listen to more K-pop and dive into kind of the Korean wave, I guess, is that Korean celebrities seem to be held accountable by everyone. Yeah. Like, by their entire fan base and all the citizens in Korea. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't... Like, they're human. I think we need to all realize that everyone on this earth is a human and people make mistakes. And, you know, very possible. I mean, on the flip side, you know, a K-pop idol could be a complete sociopath. We don't True. know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like to give people benefit of the doubt. But in theory, you know something you did as a teenager early teen in a system where that kind of behavior is the norm mm. can you be like held accountable like i don't know 10 7 years later 
and is a public apology the right path I don't know but I think this is coming I think you and I've talked about this in the past where I feel like the public apologies generally are, are very common yeah um with celebrities more I more so I think in Korea than maybe in the Western society yeah. where people apologize for cheating scandals or have to apologize for dating somebody. Well, as we keep saying on this pod, I hope everyone, whether they're being had been bullied or are accused of being bullying, bullied now are seeking support should they yeah. need it. Yeah. I think it's, it's trauma. I think I can imagine like even just someone rehashing that something that happened so long ago is traumatizing in itself yeah so yeah it's all um I think I think council culture is so big right now that it's I guess it's just trendy unfortunately for these things to happen and I think you know people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones yeah i feel like i just think no one is perfect so yeah how do you like done things that like yeah if we were super famous and somebody like told a story about us it's like oh that wouldn't sound good you know yeah it's just like no one's perfect and i think we just need to accept that but i think that yeah i don't know it's so complicated i just hope like everyone involved like you said polly like has support and therapy and doesn't feel alone I guess oh my gosh go watch Justin Bieber singing lonely on SNL and then like watch the Britney Spears documentary and then like we should all go look in a mirror like (laughs) take a long look in the mirror and be like what are we doing to each other yeah I think I have to say after these conversations we have Katie I am definitely more mindful of my like my possible contribution to these kinds of things yeah and like as you say like how we digest media and how we consume media and what media we support I kind of feel yeah like a bit more aware than maybe I would have been pre-conversations about it yeah I mean it's like I have learned in my most recent YouTube video where I was reading like Meghan Markle (laughs) And this book said that gossip is, like, the blackest evil, the blackest magic. I think they said, like, you should avoid gossip at all costs. And then it's like, yeah, I'm trying to, what I'm saying is I'm trying not to read the Daily Mail. (laughs) It's hard because it's salacious. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although, speaking of books, I think it's time for a Katie Book Corner. Ooh, okay. Um, do you have a book to recommend to our listeners? And if you haven't checked it out, Katie's done a Meghan Markle booktube video. Yeah. Um, so I do. And actually, mine is kind of an update. So funnily enough, earlier this week, we had Claudia back, who was a, a guest we had early on in our podcast. Another guest we had on our podcast um, last fall is my friend Ashley. And she and I talked about an author named Sarah J. Mass and her books. Yes. So her newest book came out um, February 16th. It was my most anticipated book of the year. It's the fourth book of a series, kind of starting a new trilogy, really. Um, It's called A Court of Silver Flames. It came out, Ashley and I are reading it together, quote unquote, except for I accidentally stayed up all night and finished it. (laughs) 
so I haven't yet told Ashley that I'm done with it. Sorry, Ashley, I'm done. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good read, and I just really enjoy a Sarah J. Mass book. So if someone hasn't started the series, should they read the series through, or can they start at the book that you just recommended? No, you have to read the series in order. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, was it what you expected? Was it better? Was it worse? It was what I expected. Um, it was extremely raunchy. Okay. So she said it was her steamiest book yet, and I Whoa. agree. <laughs> there were some very, like, fan fiction-y elements. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, steamier than I expected. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well then, um, speaking of steamy things, maybe not steamy things, um, did you achieve your goal this week? Um, should I lie? <laughs> Do not, yeah, let's, let's keep it honest. Let's okay. keep ourselves honest. Then no, I did not. What was your goal for our listeners? So my goal was to learn R, start learning R. Right. Yeah. Are are you or are you not started? <laughs> I are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a fail for me. But that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Is that back on your list or are you going to just give that a pass? I'm going to give that a pass. I think okay. I kind of had this expectation that while I was unemployed, I would be able to like be more like you, Polly, and, like, have, like, a regular routine <laughs> and be, like, wake up, do yoga, learn this, learn that, and, like, be really rigorous with myself. But that is just not – that's just not me. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's your goal for this week, then? I don't know. Should, you, mm. should we come back to you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, according to, well, you know, you can tell I didn't achieve my goal this week because I did not do a blog post um, because, yeah, it's just been crazy during the weekday and I had zero energy. The only energy I had at the end of the day was to watch NCT on YouTube. So <laughs> that's not saying a lot. Um, I mean, I did in, in its place, I did try and design a new Twitter banner. Um, for our Twitter, which may or may not go up depending on what Katie thinks. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I think this is, I think my goal of this week is I actually have too many hobbies. Oh, okay. Like I think, I think during lockdown, everyone was trying to find a hobby and I actually didn't struggle to find a hobby, but I feel like I'm spreading my hobby time and energy too thin. So... I think my goal this week is to streamline my hobbies and really just focus on maybe one or two for the next kind of three months and yeah. then see where I go. Just because like for me, like I quite like, you know, I'm trying to play piano. I'm trying to learn Korean. I'm trying to work on my blog. I'm trying to like design stuff for, you know, the podcast and other things. And it's just like, at the end of a work day, I have maybe half an hour, an hour of energy to do something. Yeah. And thinking about wanting to do all those things makes me not do anything. Yeah. Um, and I think 
I just kind of channel like energy of people who are able to like really focus on one thing and really perfect it or get better at it and like work towards a real like long-term goal and I feel like I'm trying to do that obviously that doesn't mean I'm not gonna you know dabble in different things but I just think I get too distracted by too many things mm. and then don't really achieve as much as I'd like yeah so okay yeah there we go and and to be fair when I have days off Katie I'm definitely not as routinely structured as you think I may be okay <laughs> yeah let's just say most people do not hear from me till midday <laughs> anyway all right over to you what yeah. is your goal so I think I mean maybe so this week I am starting to get back into the work world um, so I think as I start to add back in work back to my schedule, maybe I need to figure out like what does work for me. Like if I, you know, people who have listened to our podcast forever know that like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I need to wake up earlier or like that, you know, I want to meditate every day or try to do yoga every day. And none of these things like work for me. So may I think I just need to like try to just spend some time and like figure out what does work for me like mm. what is the what are the patterns that I do like what you know like yeah what schedule or like what patterns do I need to embrace that make me feel like good about myself without pressuring me to change something that I can't change yeah and I think that's what I've learned through our goal setting is that actually you need to figure out what works for you and if it changes your routine and it moves you in a direction that's not natural to you too much, it's not going to take, even if yeah. you force it. Um, so, yeah. So once again, we're on very similar wavelengths this week. Yeah. Cool. On that note, we will see you next time. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prime of Our Lives. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. To keep the conversation going, follow us on Twitter at Prime Lives Pod.